Well, speaking of, I have some mints in my purse. If you're in, do you want me to have one? No, I'm just letting you know. (laughs) I love how Caroline is taking care of our podcast for us. That's great. That's great. What can I do to serve you guys today? Thank you. No, just cough. Just cough. Yeah. Well, with you, James and I will cough with you. Okay. Every time you cough, we'll just all. Maybe we can harmonize. Okay, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how it's going to work either. It'll be fun. Are we right. podcasting? We should at some yeah, point. Yeah, we that. should. Uh, we told Caroline she'd be out of here by 6.30 and it's and 6.19 and we, we haven't started yet, so. <laughs> you know. No, you said two hours. We, you oh, said good, five good, to good. We yeah. tend to follow. It's going to be longer than two hours. No, that's fine. Okay. Rules of time. Totally. Not, not from now, but total. It's yeah. going to be more than two hours. Yeah. Yeah, the rules of time don't apply when we're podcasting. That's yeah. not true at all. The, Except when they the, do. Except when they uh, do. world of clocks. I mean, of crosses, crosses. in here. Yeah. yeah. Kind of absolves us. Of yeah. Time the time just goes away. That reminds me of something. We can start. We can start. Okay. <laughs> Nikki. Hi, James. How are you? I'm good. Are you sure? I'm to the, I'm to the right of my mic, so I don't. So far, you're you're doing great. There's there haven't been very many plosives at all. I can, can you see can, that on I, the thing? I can see it on the screen. Yeah, it's nice. I'm doing great. Yes. I have a little tickle in my throat. Shouldn't be an issue. Okay. But otherwise, fantastic. What color pen are you starting off with? What I'm going to start with the pink okay. because I've already made my bullet points in purple. I'm feeling some anticipation of Advent. Okay. You know. Okay. I might pull out a different color. Pink, at some point. purple, yeah, blue, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Advent some more this season. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. We just had a meeting right then. <laughs> we just decided that was the meeting. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was our production meeting right there. How about that? Yep. Glad to be a part of. Wonderful. <laughs> Um, in the bud. I'm excited. One, uh, for a variety of reasons. One, we are back kind of in our old stomping grounds uh, in the room full of crosses, the library <laughs> yes. with no books in it. Library, uh, no books, and no pandas, sadly. Yeah, the pandas are gone too. They're actually in the pandas have left a the building. <laughs> clear box over in the parish activity center. They're still in the building. They're just oh. not in this part of it. Um, I don't mm. know why we didn't give them away or whatever during the parish festival yeah. but there's still a, like two big boxes of creepy y'all pandas are, y'all are saving those for a special occasion uh not any special occasion that i want to be involved with whatsoever <laughs> they're creepy um so ever since like so they used to be on this shelf over in this corner okay. and um there was one panda that looked like it was looking at you Ooh. if you were sitting over here at this little table where we're at recording and ever since Nikki pointed that out, they're creepy. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't get over it. So then, yeah. then you just felt them staring at you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, it's tough to get things done when you're staring at you. It's tough. And just staring at you. It's tough. Yeah. Um, 
so, so that's one, we're kind of back here where it all started, which is super cool. Uh, two, we're recording at a totally different time of day, which feels, it, it feels weird. It loopy. feels different. <laughs> it has you a little bit loopy. I'm excited yeah. for the things that might fly out of your mouth. That's going to be fun. Flying monkeys. Uh, yes. You never know. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, most importantly, and most especially, we have, uh, our very good friend, uh, Caroline Wills, who's Whee! joining us. Hello. Um, we know Caroline through, uh, tech together in Counter Christ of Central Texas, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but uh, we're really just here to kind of hear her story, her encounter story, and to um, kind of get to know her a little bit, and hopefully uh, learn a little more about one another, learn a little more about our relationship with God, and uh, that's really, really exciting to me. It um, is. We're, we're, we're planning more uh, more episodes with, with guests to uh, kind of broaden our horizons a little bit, broaden our perspectives about how... Um, we, you know, kind of collectively and individually uh, encounter God. So that's really fun. Um, we're still talking about mystery a little bit. And uh, I don't know about you, Nikki. I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki agrees. I am. Okay. All right. I'm excited. Okay. Well, welcome, Caroline. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to let you talk now. I'm sorry for um, not letting you talk. No, I'm happy still. to be here. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> it's Caroline. It is. Wow. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Caroline Wills. Okay. Um, my name's Caroline. My first name's actually Audra. For we are learning things already. <laughs> I, think I, I think we have to start over. Who are you, Audra? <laughs> okay. I've been telling a lie all of these years. Um, no, so my first name is Audra. Um, but, wow, we're going way back. But um, my parents decided... Um, that my name was going to be Caroline. That's what I've always gone by. I they decided that after think, they named you Audra? Well, so my my grandpa asked for me to be named Audra, which was his sister. She died when she was a baby. Oh. So, um, and I'm not the firstborn granddaughter, so I was just the chosen one. Mm. You know. I am. Like, like LeBron. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. chosen one. Yeah. A little bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, they, they named me Audra, but have always gone by Caroline. Okay. Yep, so that's my name. <laughs> um, I'm from Burnett, Texas, which is a very small town. Um, and I'm a cradle Catholic. A big family girl. I'm the baby of four siblings. Um, and one of... Around a hundred cousins. Wow. Just yeah. on my mom's side. Wow. wow. Crazy. Yep, I have over 40 first cousins. Get out. Yep, my, my mom is one of nine, so. Crazy. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, big family. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. I it's love like, that. How many on your dad's side? Um, my dad has five siblings. And I don't actually know. Count? I don't know. You know the cousin count? count. But it's under 20. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's like a, that's like a normal amount. Yeah. yeah. That's manageable. Not the 40. 40 is that's extraordinary. A lot. That's that's cool. So also the family that you don't leave unless you give everyone a hug. Oh, okay. Kind I just saying like you don't leave. Like you don't leave. Do you oh, ever, well, that too. How do you ever get anywhere? You have to yeah, ghost. Exactly. You have to ghost. My Aunt Rhea, she ghosts. No, we're not she allowed. takes off. Or is she actually a, a ghost? <laughs> She's not a ghost. <laughs> But okay. she's there, and then like a half hour, an hour before the end of the party, everybody's like, where's Rhea? 
She left ages ago. Nobody knows. Gotcha. You slip out, Caroline. There's your tip. That would give me anxiety. No, no, I'm no, like, no. even in Let my, and when I'm with friends and I'm like, oh, they're not a hugger, but like, I still have to, <laughs> you have to hug everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, I'm that person. Um, so yeah, family is very important to me. Um, very close with my mom, um, and my sister as well. Um, what else? It, it's hard to just to come up with, with yeah, your know. life story. Yeah. So you, so you mentioned uh, cradle Catholic, like what was it like growing up Catholic? What was that experience like? I've, I think we both had the pleasure of, of, you know, being in, in Burnett, obviously that's mm-hmm. where tech is held actually, but we both had the pleasure of, uh, of going to your church and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, what was that like growing up? What's it like, uh, you know, being a young Catholic now having, you know, been raised in that tradition? Yeah. Um, so come from a long line of cradle Catholics, um, and growing up, it, it was really awesome because my mom, um, would pray the rosary with her mom, my mm-hmm. grandma, like every day they would kneel and play and pray the rosary. And so my mom kind of carried that legacy on. Um, and we didn't really sit and pray together every day, but I, I watched. You knew she was doing yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, would just hear the amount of prayers that she was praying for, like by name, all of those mm. hundred cousins, you know, or her wow. siblings or, um, you know, me and my, my siblings. And that was really incredible. Um, you can imagine watching your mom do that every day. And, uh, she was a confirmation teacher and Aww. we went to church every Sunday. And so that was just my life. I, I never knew anything different. Um, and a lot of my earliest memories are going to church with my mom and dad and sister. Um, we would go to mass and then we would go to my mom's parents and then my dad's parents every Sunday. Every Sunday. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was very cool. It was very cool. And then on Wednesdays, uh, we would have, there were two sessions of catechism. Mm-hmm. And so I was always in the first cause I was younger and my mom and sister were in the second. And so I would go to catechism and my dad would pick me up and we would go get dinner. Just the two of us every Wednesday Aww. while my mom and sister were at catechism. Um, so that, that was like my childhood, you know, that's yeah, what I look part back of your on. Nice. Yeah. And, um, it was never a question for me. Like, you Not know, something some you Sundays you would thought about. Right. Some Sundays you would made. wake up and be like, oh, I just want to sleep. Yeah. And my mom would come in, you know, um, why are you not dressed yet for church? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so another early memory of that is, um, when I was in second grade and it was time to make my first communion and, um, we were writing stories in school at that time. Like, I guess that was whenever we first started writing paragraphs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't remember exactly what the assignment was, but we were supposed to write a story about like something going on in our life. And I wrote about making my first communion. Um, and uh, I just remember like, it was so special to me. And I just, I wanted the whole world to know like, Hey, this is what I'm about to do. 
And I don't remember if our teacher laminated it or if my mom was like, oh, this is so special. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, just lots of my early memories are are that just um, making moves in the church and um, loving like that that was a family thing mm-hmm. um, and getting to share that with my mom, you know, was always really cool. And for whatever reason, her and I were, it felt like our thing, you know? Mm. Um, and so that's early growing up as a, as a cradle Catholic, um, you know, and then you get to the fun age of being a preteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. And um, that was, living in a small town, um, there were a lot of Protestant churches there, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. You know, I, I had a lot of friends who were heavily involved in all of those youth groups. Um, you know, and they would be like, they would get to have dinner or watch a movie or play games as part of the youth group experience. Right. And mine every Wednesday was reading, have a book, you know, and it was hard. Like at that age, you want to be having fun, right? Yeah. Or like eating food with your friends and playing Always games. Eating food Definitely. At that age, yeah. at this age, yeah. this age. All, all, ages. all the ages, all the ages. Yeah. Um, and so, my mom and I, we had a little bit of arguments about that. Yeah. You know, where I was like, rightfully so. I just want to go to youth mm. because we didn't have youth at my at my small tiny mm-hmm. church. Um, you know, we had catechism on Wednesdays, but that was, that was as a, as like a teaching module as sure. opposed right. to youth group where it was, um, fellowship, more sure. fellowship. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have like praise and worship type mm. anything, you know, it was very traditional, I guess would be the word that I would use to describe it. Um, and so I just, I struggled a little bit with that and I think part of it was wanting to be a part of those groups, but also wondering why, why don't we have that here? And, um, you know, at that age, there were quite a few other kids, um, in my class or maybe a couple grades above that were also there on Wednesdays and that was fun. Um, but it was, it was like every year more would drop off. And so by the time I got to confirmation, it was like, I don't know, maybe four other people that had, had been with me, like from the beginning on, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not downplaying. I I loved that season too. You know, I was excited to make my confirmation. Um, and then, but I was still having those struggles, you know, of like wondering why, why it was different and why. I didn't get to participate in those things. Yeah. And I will say my mom let me go mm-hmm. like to, to youth at a couple of other churches, but I always had to go to my church as yeah. well. Uh, you know, it couldn't be like a, instead of mm-hmm. the in sure. addition yeah. to, yeah. yeah, which was fun. Um, the cool part about that is in hindsight, I don't know that I really realized it then, but in hindsight, I always was like, Hmm, this is fun but that's all, you know? Hmm. Whereas when, when I was at catechism, it was, I was learning mm-hmm. and I felt 
like the presence and not to say that he, he wasn't present at youth mm-hmm. at, at other churches, but there's something uh, about what you've shared so far that really strikes me. And that's one that there's this, um, there is this sense of, of sort of responsibility for mm-hmm. your faith, right? Yes. There's this sense of like, okay, you're, you're focusing on something kind of working towards something that's maybe, uh, you know, we've been talking about mystery, maybe that's a little bit mysterious, right? That you can't really identify mm-hmm. in, in just, uh, the, the gathering fellowship fun, whatever you want to call it. Right. And then there's also, I think this really beautiful sense of your parents being in charge and your parents wanting to hand on their faith to you because mm-hmm. it's a sacred thing. It's an important thing. Right. And I think that's something that gets lost. Um, not only for Catholics and people of all religions, right? No matter, right. no matter kind of what your, um, what your religion might be when you're, when you're dealing with your kids, it can feel very, very intimidating to, um, to kind of be responsible for that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it can, it can feel pretty tough for parents to, to have that, um, that again, that sense of responsibility that, you know, that, that, that your mom and dad, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very careful with like held very sacred um to be able to to sort of say you know no caroline like this is this is what we do and as long as as long as kind of we're in charge of of helping you to find god like helping you to find your place uh in a relationship with god this is how we're going to do that right and and that's a really beautiful thing I, i think right now in our culture um that's a little bit lost on a lot of parents we have a lot of parents who feel like uh maybe they don't want to impose they don't want to they don't want to force they don't want to force one thing or another um, on their on their teens or, or mm-hmm. on their on their their tweens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they start to kind of take their foot off the gas, right? And mm-hmm. and what that does is it, it leaves I think it leaves a young person. And again, this is in any religion. It leaves a young person yeah. kind of looking around, going, "What do I What do I do next?" Right. right? And they, you know, those feelings of like that parent kind of abandoning their faith. A lot of times for teens, at least what I see in youth ministry is that that feeling gets interpreted as, well, you know, God kind of stopped showing up. God stopped being important in my life for whatever reason. And and that's where I really kind of maybe took a turn, or that's where I decided that it wasn't important to me. Are you right? saying that from the teen's perspective or yeah. for the parent? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of triggers that for parents. I'm not a parent necessarily. But I do think that parents that are a little more resilient and sort of saying, no, we're going to make sun like every yeah. Sunday, this is what we do, right? Every Wednesday, this is what we do. We have these things in place for a reason. Um, and we're going to, we're going to stick by those things, even when it's not fun. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And, and to, to, you know, if you're a parent that's struggling with that right now and you're listening, please feel supported in the sense that like, one, that's something that every parent I think struggles with at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And then two, that is the at least in terms of faith, that is the essence of it. Like you are, if your kid isn't isn't fighting back, you know, um, yeah. then 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 there might be something missing because they yeah. all do. Like they yeah. all kind of push back or they all kind of wander. Mm-hmm. And as as human beings, that's that's part of what we do. Yeah, I think I, I heard somebody say like. If your kid doesn't tell you you're mean, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I do have, I, I do have experience with like I know that feeling of not wanting to push too much mm-hmm. from having experienced pushing mm-hmm. and seeing the the recoil. But I think when it comes to your faith, 
you know, there's, and I guess the approach to mm-hmm. like, not that you're going to go to church, but having the conversation sure. of, you know, yeah. this is important. And I want you to go mm-hmm. until, until you're able to make this decision on your own, I'm going to make the decision for you. And we're going to go because, and you know, I like to think uh, modeling it after, you know, our heavenly father and just, he knows what's best for us. So let me just know what's best for you right mm-hmm. now. And what's best for you is for your butt to be in the pew. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I sure. should note too, you're saying for parents maybe who are struggling mm-hmm. and not leading that right now. Um, while we did go as a family, when I was really young, that dropped off. Um, my mom went every Sunday, but at some point uh, my dad stopped going. And I think part of that was like work. Um, but he also was not Catholic. Okay. Oh, but he went to ma- yeah. Catholic mass prior mm-hmm. to that. Wow. Oh. Yep. Um, and so I, I think that that was maybe part of that pushback on my end as well. Um, was like, oh, well, dad, is, dad doesn't go. Dad's not going. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why do I have to? You know, and he was always supportive. And like, I can remember him coming in being like, why aren't you dressed for church? And I'm like, well, why aren't you dressed for church? Yeah. Oh, sassy Caroline. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he picked me up every Wednesday, like I said, and we went to dinner. And so he was supportive in that sense, but um, was definitely mom who who made those choices made, for me, yeah. like you were saying, yeah. Nikki. And um, I'm thankful for that now, but then, you know, that's tough. And I imagine that was tough on my mom mm-hmm. to, to be the one... Yeah. To instill that and um, not show the struggle either. Like, I don't ever yeah. remember noticing that. That's pretty fantastic. That is, yeah. And it was like, she was still going to go every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't a choice for her either. Because, you know, from from a parent's perspective, your heart aches when it's not their desire to. Yeah. Because you, you not only know how important it is, but having my own faith relation you know my own relationship with with god Mm -hmm. i want that for them yeah certainly yeah yeah Yeah. so okay so so that i guess that um looking back on that i would call that integrity of your mother Mm -hmm. like what did that what did that what is that model for you now versus what it modeled for you at the time like at the time was there a lot of like eye rolling like mom oh yeah why are we doing this (laughs) kind of thing right sometimes so it was you know when you're preteen or a teenager you go through the waves sure. or like the roller coaster I guess and there were some days where I was excited and supportive of that and other days where I was like why don't you just let me do what I want to do mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and but I I also remember um like maybe watching my sister struggle with that a little bit more and watching her and being like oh, okay I know what to do, like what to take oh. from what she's doing and what to not. You learned from her example. Yeah. And um, I think that played a really big part in how I saw myself in the church too. Um, and I think that helped me watching her go every every Wednesday and every Sunday and uh, getting to experience that with her friends. And um, it was kind of cool and fun being like the three of us going to mass every Sunday and uh, going and getting breakfast after, you know, yeah. like those are fun things. Um, so definitely different than than now. Um, and sometimes it, that's a little tough because I'm like, oh, 
I can count on one hand how many times my mom didn't go to mass, like at, at my age probably, because mm-hmm. she was sick. You know, like Mm -hmm. that would be the reason she didn't go. Whereas I'm like, okay, I got to follow in the footsteps of my mother because she is so holy, you know, (laughs) Um, and thinking about my grandma, you know, who used to pray the rosary every single day. Um, That can be kind of scary. Yeah, Yeah. daunting for sure. Um, But I also like it because it's it's what keeps me grounded, I think. And absolutely the foundation that has brought me to where I am in my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it would necessarily exist the way that it does if my mom had not instilled those things in me um, growing up. So a lot of um, a lot of hope out there for for moms that might be listening. And I think for, uh, you know, I don't know how many teenagers listen to our podcast, (laughs) but um, if there if there are any teenagers listening, like, like hope, hope for you as well, that, that mm-hmm. a lot of these things, uh, maybe that we go through as families, a lot of these things that our, our parents put us through, that our moms put us through, our grandma puts us through, yeah. right? Um, uh, and I, I experienced, uh, those, those same things, um, or, or, or very similar things. Those things have a purpose, mm-hmm. right? And, and this, uh, this idea that I think we can, um, you know, we can experience God, we can experience our lives, we can live very full lives without, you know, quote unquote, going to church. And and I don't want to come on here and say that that's not true, but I think that there's something um, really beautiful and maybe even um, really necessary. Like once you get into uh, a, a, a religious culture, a faith culture, and you're really kind of practicing those things and growing closer to God through that practice, you start to realize, you know, it's like, it's like Pascal's wager. Like you, you, you do it enough times and you realize, how did I ever live without this? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, how was this ever a thing in my life before? Um, I, I, you know, I had the ability to, to encounter God in these, mm-hmm. in these ways. Right. And, and maybe that is like breakfast tacos after math. Like maybe it takes months or maybe even years of like breakfast tacos for you to realize I was really being formed in yeah. that time. I was really mm-hmm. kind of being, being turned on to this relationship with God. And, um, so a lot of hope, I, I hope for any teens that might be listening to your, your, your mom, your grandma, your dad, whoever, they're, they're not mm-hmm. trying to bore you on a Sunday, right. right? They're not trying to interrupt you watching football. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's not the, you know, that's not the purpose. The purpose mm-hmm. is that you're, you know, hopefully being, being exposed, kind of being, um, presented to mm-hmm. God, right? Right. Like you're, you're literally being placed in the presence of God, mm-hmm. uh, in the hopes that, that you're going to continue on that journey as you, yeah. as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. Or even a control thing. Cause I, I feel like I felt that way sometimes. Like, is she just doing this? Cause she can make me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the child in me feeling that way. Um, like the, pup, the puppet master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. But really it was for me, you know, yeah. that wasn't for her, maybe a little, but it was for me and my relationship with God. It was definitely for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when do you think, tell us about the, when did the shift come where it was less about you, um, feeling like you were riding the waves of, mm-hmm. um, mom and, uh, your grandmother's mm-hmm. not expectation. Cause you never no, implied yeah. that, but just knowing how she lived her life and, and wanting, wanting to, to, would you say that you were trying to like make them proud of you? Oh yeah. 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 
I definitely loved being the I was baby. I like that because I yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I loved being the baby that was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Look at me, I'm going to do that. Look, mom, look, <laughs> yeah. look, grandma. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so got through confirmation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to high school um, or past confirmation, and it was sophomore year and you are supposed to have youth, um, my youth minister actually came along. Came along where? To Burnett, Texas. And we had never, well, I say that. I had never had like a youth minister before. Oh. It was Joe Noonan. Joe. Cool. So, yeah, he came along and um, it was just this like breath of fresh air a little bit. Uh, Cause he was so excited and on fire and he wanted to bring that, um, energy of like a youth group in, um, it was that the first experience you had of, in like in the Catholic church of, yes. of the energy that yes, Joe brings for sure. Um, and I, you know, I couldn't tell you like when he first came, what my experience was or even remembering him coming for the first time, I just remember you him can being say there. You, you thought he was crazy. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure um, yeah. yeah. But uh, I remember he took us to St. Thomas More um, and it was at the Life House. Life yeah. House. And um, they were having youth one Sunday after Mass um, and had praise and worship and games and food. You gotta feed the teens. You want the teens to oh. come. You gotta have the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be yeah, food for sure. Yeah. And I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome. it's the best of both worlds, right?" Yeah. It had come full circle, and seeing so many teens my age being there and being excited—that's it. Wasn't changing. just because their parents, yeah, like were making them be there, right? It was they were they were there because they wanted to be, and um me and a few other people went or other teens with Joe. And I think maybe that was the first moment that I realized that it didn't have to be what it had always been for me growing up in the church. Um, and that was exciting. It it was like, it turned this whole new leaf of my faith journey and man, Joe just knew what he was doing. Cause it was like, he got me, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and from there I became a little bit like his little assistant youth minister. Very cool. Um, and I say that I've never, I don't know. I don't know what he thought or what his intention <laughs> was, <laughs> but, um, once, once that happened, I think it was, it was the kickstart and we started, uh, creating all of these different events and you were um, owning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not just for us, but we put on a vacation Bible school for the little oh. kids and he let me steer that quite a bit. And I got to plan like the games and I worked with a couple of the other, uh, teens and we, um, came up with the, the Bible stories that we were going to use and, um, how we were going to share that experience with them. And I just, that was so special to me because all these years I had wanted what I was living yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the younger kids in my parish to see that and see what it could be for them. Um, so that was definitely a pivotal mm-hmm. moment. Um, and maybe the first time I saw that 
I didn't have to do it just to make my mom proud, right? Or, or out of obligation. Um, and then that's when Joe, <laughs> I guess Joe was just like trying to get me in all these different places. And he had already gone on tech, uh, which we'll talk about more, yeah. but, um, he had started telling me about it. Promoting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Evangelizing in a forceful way. Yes. Say? Yeah. <laughs> like at the end of every, uh, Wednesday and Sunday, Hey, we have tech happening this summer. All of you should go. And I was like, uh-huh. Sure. Okay. You know, just passive, passively. Um, but I remember walking down the stairs. Our youth group, our youth room was on the second floor um, in the RE building. And I remember walking downstairs one Wednesday and Joe and my mom were talking, which was the norm, you know, but it looked different this time. Like I just knew. <laughs> and I walk up and Joe's telling her about tech. And I was like, it. that's it. There's no going back. There's Your no mom's all, going You're back. signed up, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure I was signed up like that evening, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's just how it felt back yeah. then. Um, but so I signed up and man, I don't know. It's weird because I, I remember being like excited about my faith in that phase. Right. But for whatever reason, it just was not where I wanted to go. Maybe cause I knew my phone was going to be taken away and I was going to be away from my friends. And it was a, like a three day weekend that I was going to get off of school oh. and I was going to be on a retreat. Right. Yeah. And when you're 16, that doesn't sound That's not so cool fun, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, what were my friends going to be doing? And I was going to be on this retreat, what were you, you know? Be missing out of? Like, you get back to school and your teachers are like, "So, what did what you did do?" You do? <laughs> oh, I was at a retreat, <laughs> you know, which is just how you view it. Yeah, most of the time, I feel like Prior. when you're a teen. Yeah. So, um, literally, like driving to Eagles Wings Retreat Center which is a great place, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was kicking and screaming, and I did not want to go. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and my mom was just... She, like, sprinkling holy water on yep. you? Yeah. Yep. Relentless. With her beads in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she had the beads. Yes, and um, so I imagine she was a little worried, but, like, not letting on. Um, she seems to be good at that. That's really good. I know. Way to go. Wow. I need to take I'm, notes. I'm realizing notes that yeah. as I'm speaking, too. <laughs> Way to go, Mom. Um, so I get there. And, of course, I, you know, like the awkwardness of people coming up to you that you don't know. Hi. And let me friendly. take you, you know, let me take your luggage and all of these things. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, and then for whatever reason... You guys, I don't know if I didn't give up my phone. <gasps> Caroline Wills. Because I had it. Like like an hour or so into being there. Because my mom sent me a text and asked, how's it going? We don't, not to give too much away about tech, we don't take up phones until about the middle of the first day. <laughs> okay, so maybe, maybe yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. I still had it. Yeah. We and give everybody hope. Perception is <laughs> everybody <laughs> has, you know, if you've been to, if you've been to any kind of, uh, Ignatian retreat, right. So, yeah. uh, a retreat that's very, uh, you know, a little more charismatic, a little more introspective. 
um, usually one of the first things they do is take up your phone, your watch, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, where they ask you to hand mm-hmm. it over. And I've always thought it was really funny on tech. We everybody has a really good time. We get everybody relaxed, and <laughs> and then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, give, give me your me phone. Your, oh, yeah. We'll phone yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, what? Wait, I thought you guys were nice. And yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's that's totally that's totally a thing that happens on retreat. I think that's. Uh, I think it's a good thing. It is. Right? Yeah. It's good to not be distracted. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's that. like just you get to go and you're fed and you don't have your phone and you don't have to worry about what time it is or where you have to be or what you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the responsibility part of life mm-hmm. is, is put on You get to be a kid shelf. again. Yeah. 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 So, so what was your, what was your response to her text? She said, I said, I love it. With like 15 exclamation wow, points. Before wow. the phone got taken away, or maybe yeah. she still had it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I, I actually don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said she didn't hear from me again until her and my dad picked me up. Wow. Um, Way to go, Caroline. Yep. Yeah. So that was amazing. Um, and being 16, you know, I had only gotten a taste of, of like, uh, uh, youth group whenever I went to St. Thomas more because even though like Joe brought youth to burn it, it was still very small and um, we didn't have like a praise and worship leader or anything like that. Um, and Joe did a really great job of, of leading that, but uh, going on the tech retreat was much different. You know, it was three days of being with um, all ages, you know, and um, just getting to experience something different. And that was my first retreat ever. So wow. Uh, of course, it's going to be really special and life-changing yeah. and um, different. So, uh, yeah. And that was when you were in high school. So, like, yes, you you had the St. Thomas More experience, and Joe kind of took you under your wing, mm-hmm. and then you go on tech. So, was that were you able to ride that wave and carry your faith and own your faith when you went to college? When you when you were not in the house with your mom saying get dressed yep. it's time to go to church you know I was worried about that and I think my mom was too um worried about you not going or right like not carrying that mm-hmm. on when when I was by myself and no one was telling me what to do um but when I went and toured at a um my mom and I went to mass at St. Mary's uh together and oh my gosh it was just glorious oh uh Seeing that many students who were, you know, my age or a little older without their parents, without their parents mm-hmm. choosing to choosing go to mass to be there. and That's powerful. Yeah. In the midst of whatever you're doing in college, still making that mm-hmm. choice to, to get up and go on Sunday and St. Mary's is smart. They have like a, a five and a seven thirty mass. So they're like, we're going to get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't really have an excuse because we have like 15 masses you can go to today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, I imagine I struggled a little bit my freshman year. Um, but I think going every Sunday, number one, was a little taste of home. Right. That that had been mm. my whole youth That's beautiful. Growing that up. is yeah. beautiful. It's really it's like cool. It tied yeah. into yeah. your comfort and, zone. Um, just... Ugh, the the lighting that comes in the windows at St. Mary's and the choir is always amazing and the homilies are always so inspiring um, and 
that is another part of it too. I think getting to hear a priest cater mm-hmm. to your age. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a kind of a nice niche. Is very it niche much. Or niche? Niche. It's both. I think it's yeah. both. Oh, okay. I think you're okay. Tomato, the tomato. N-I-C-H-E, the <laughs> uh, that thing, the, the, the niche. That's, yeah. the, you don't get that in no. many places. And not I mean, at any, any other, other age. part of your life do you have. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, well, we've talked about this before. We've talked about how if you are, um, if you're in a situation uh, at your church, your parish, uh, again, regardless of your religion, where you are not being fed, where, where mm-hmm. you know, there is not really an opportunity for you to, to, to feel like the things that are going on in your life, like those needs are being met, yeah. right? In, in the preaching or in the ministries that are offered, you should go somewhere else. And, and for someone to, to kind of say like, well, no, you need to go to the parish that you're, yeah, that you're close to. There's, there's definitely something to be said for going to your priest, going to your pastor and saying, hey, I need X, Y, Z, right? I need this. I'm kind of missing. Mm-hmm. There's some things that I'm missing in my life. For a lot of people, that's really intimidating. Um, it is definitely okay for you to kind of look around and look look for, you know, what's, what's going to feed you, what's going to get you closer to God. Um, it's also like... I think there's this feeling sometimes, uh, specifically for us Catholics, that that we should kind of cater to the priest, right? Mm-hmm. That, that because you know, Father, whoever says, you know, you know this, the, you know, this is his spirituality, uh, that we need to kind of bend to that, right? And and there's certainly something to be said for 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 trying it. There's something to be said for listening, for for getting out of your comfort zone, right? Um, but. Uh, it's the priest's responsibility to get you to, to heaven, right? To, it's mm. the priest's responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that, that you know that you're yeah. that you're loved by God in the name of the bishop, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's also, you know, that being said, it's also your responsibility to go to the priest and say, hey, like, I- I'm not feeling it because odds yeah. are in your community, if you're not feeling it, there's you're someone else that's yeah. not feeling it too. So this, this communication in that relationship with whoever your shepherd is, um, is really, really important. And it's really important that you know, it's really cool that you as a young person noticed, Hey, I'm sitting here in mass and that, that priest is up there talking to me specifically. Mm-hmm. Like this message is for me. Uh, and you, you receive that message. You receive that, that mm-hmm. seed that can then grow in much, in a much more profound way in your life because it's for you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's super cool. Um, so you're, as you're talking, I'm, I'm, I, I keep coming back to this theme in my head of relationship. So from the, from literally from the very beginning, you know, you have this relationship with your parents, this relationship with your sister. Um, and those relationships point you to God. They point you to the church. They point you to your religion, to, to this, this desire to, mm-hmm. to learn more, right? You have these relationships with friends, with, with Joe Noonan, with, um, you know, other teens in, in your youth ministry program. Again, these relationships are, are pointing you there, right? And and so it's not, I think you're a great example. It's not necessarily like, um, you know, the the production value. Like you come from a small church, mm-hmm. right? And I come from a medium-sized church, but in a pretty small town, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the production value that got me to, to hang on to my faith. It's right. the fact that there were people there that really, really cared about me and that mm-hmm. really, really wanted me to get to know Jesus because they knew that Jesus loved me better than they could love me. Right. So, so that, you know, if you're, if what I'm, that's what I'm picking up from your story is that, that, that 
um, you know, kind of obedience to those relationships, but also the fact that people worked hard to mm. show that to you. Yeah. Right. That's if you're if you're a parent that's wondering what's going to keep my kid going to church. That's it. Right. It's it's you making them get up every every mm-hmm. Sunday and go to yeah. church. Like that's what's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I think to everybody else listening who who may or may not be a parent, I think the importance of relationships and showing up. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, it's like you know when you have those people in your life who are faithful um, in the journey of pursuing God and draw you in mm-hmm. and continue to pursue a friendship with you and um, kind of take you under their wing. That matters. And not even the, I mean, being purposeful about taking someone under your wing is important, but even just realizing that when you show, when you continue to show up week mm-hmm. after week, mm-hmm. that people are paying attention and you're modeling what um, faithfulness looks like when you are just persistent in your presence sometimes it's that simple sometimes it is that simple it's never easy and and we're we're certainly not saying that it's easy right like i'm sure there were times when your mom wanted to roll her eyes too right (laughs) that was totally a thing um but it is again we've said on this podcast before like it's totally worth it it is really really worth it when we invest the time when we invest the effort into Mm -hmm. you know into sharing our faith with someone in our family with someone you know outside of our family but really investing in a relationship that encourages someone else to grow in relationship with God. It's mm-hmm. just nothing better, nothing better than that. And I think being the person who's being encouraged, it can be intimidating sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Or daunting, as we've said. But I think, you know, as looking back in hindsight, how important that was for me and my faith journey, now I get it. Like when people pursue me, instead of feeling like it's coming from a place of what do they need me to do yeah not judgment or or obligation but this person loves me and they want me to be led down like the righteous path you know Mm -hmm. and you should see it in that light and spin it that way so that you understand where the intention lies Mm -hmm. right yeah um another thing i'll say about being at saint mary's was I felt like I was planted there for such a specific reason um, because growing up, my, my parents were both uh, Longhorns. They didn't, they didn't go to UT. They just were diehard Longhorns. Mm-hmm. A lot of my big family was and is. Um, and so that was just like where I was going to go to college. That was never a choice. It just, that's where I was going to go. Um, and I don't know if that was me or my parents that decided that. Um, but when I got to high school, you know, that was another thing. I can assure you that my mother's integrity, as you called it, James, uh, translated throughout every aspect of my life, including academics. And, um, you know, she was pretty tough on me. And as far as my education and, and how hard I worked to get the grades that I did so that I could go to UT, right? I mean, it was always where you want to go, but really it was UT. And, um... I applied to UT and I applied to AM like as my my backup because I knew I was gonna get in and I didn't get into UT. Um oh I got in the CAP program so you could go somewhere for a semester and then transfer to UT. But that felt like the end of the world, mm-hmm. right? Um something I had worked for literally forever that my whole family wanted for me 
wasn't happening and it wasn't my choice. Like I couldn't do anything about it. Um, and I was distraught and feeling like I just messed up like the rest of my life. Right. (laughs) Um, and I, and I remember going, my mom and I toured A&M and she said, once my foot hit the ground on campus, she knew. Mm. And, um, it was like just different for me and I knew I was supposed to be there. And that Sunday being at mass, I just noticed everything hmm. like the light coming in the windows and the choir singing oh. and the Aggie ring on the priest's finger, you know, all of these <laughs> things, uh, were just so exciting and special. And I think maybe that was one of the first moments that I saw the face of Jesus Um, And especially in a place where I was sad Mm. uh, and maybe a little bit of a dark season was like, hey, I placed you there on purpose. Mm. And that was something I thought about almost every Sunday when I was at mass was like, I'm supposed to be here. And that was so special to me. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Very cool. I don't know that I'd ever want to leave. Yeah. And now it's hard, right? It's, it's a new season of life. <coughs> How um, so? Well, now, now, what are you doing? Now's hard. Yes, I had to graduate. Ouch. That's rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rude. Just wanted to be at A&M forever. What do you sure. say? I got two college kids right now, and they're like, oh, it's so hard. Everything's so hard. Like, do you even realize that this is uh, the most carefree your life will ever be? The Boy, best season. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't necessarily, well, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I mean, after, once you're in the real world, yeah. you have all the responsibilities of life. I mean, the Ooh. tests are hard. I would like to go back to college. Let me just say that. Same. I'll just put it there. I would like to go back to college. Not for real. <laughs> just for fake. Same, and I've only been out for two years. years. And not have <laughs> all the responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I graduated. And... Um, had all of these plans, right? Like I knew exactly how my life was going to unfold. We all do, Carolyn. We all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. How it's Don't we? Mm-hmm. Is yours going like you thought it was going to Nope. <laughs> That's okay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Along for the ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my intention, uh, and you'll notice a pattern, right? Like I, I thought I was going to go to UT and that didn't happen. And then I thought I was going to immediately move to Austin and be an event planner and have all of the hopes and dreams I had ever wanted in my little life. Yes. Because I had done everything Dream right. Dream girl. Do it. I you did, followed the rules. I did Go everything get your event right. Go thing in Austin. Yeah. And I mean, really, I, I felt entitled to the world because I did what my mom asked of me. I did what God asked of me. Isn't that just, is that the playbook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do, what, you do what you're supposed to. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, it was a whirlwind. It was the, the April of my senior year. Right. And, um, our, apart, our, sorry, what is it called? Our Dorm. rental office. Rental. I don't know. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, Asked if we wanted to move out two months early because there was a family that wanted to move into the house we lived at. In college? In college. My, my roommates and I had a five bedroom house. Okay. 
it was really cool. It was in like a family neighborhood. Um, just college station yeah, things. That's just, that that's the norm in college station. Okay. You kind of spend like your freshman through sophomore, junior year in the dorms or at the, like the barracks is what it's called. The place to live and be. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, your senior year, you're like, all right, I'm going to we got to get a nine bedroom house. Lordy. Yep. So okay. that's what we did. And they asked if we wanted to move out early. And I had all of my summer plans were like, you know, I was going to work and I was going to find a job in Austin for when it was time to move. And all of a sudden my life flashed before my eyes and I was packing up my room and didn't have a job or a place to live in Austin yet. (laughs) And all of my friends were scattering out all over the place. And um, I had to move back to little old Burnett, Texas. Sure did. Not not part of our lines. No, never thought I'd be back in that town unless it was to see my family. Okay. Um, which I'm being dramatic. Okay. But, um, so I moved back and could not find a job. Imagine that. Um, Were you just looking and burn it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I was only looking at Austin. You're looking and burn it to be an event planner. I don't know that that's going to go so well. Yeah. No. No, I was looking in Austin and, um, I flipped back and forth between living with my parents and living with my sister and brother-in-law. Because, you know, you've been out of your house for four years and then all of a sudden you're living with your parents again. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough. And my mom, she would take my laundry out of my room and then I would, you know, a week later be looking for something. And I'd be like, where, where are my pair of jeans? And I would go in her room and ask her and she'd be like, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten to that load yet. (laughs) And just little things like that where like you forget having to deal with those things. It was a little bit of a power struggle. And one day we sat down and I was like, okay, I love you, but I'm not going to text you every time I leave the house. Mm, That's hard. (laughs) It it was hard. Um, for both of us, and I understand, you know, and I think we both tried to be gracious with each other, um, but it was just, it was certainly not what I was expecting for graduating, um, and it was the most humbling season I have ever been in in my entire life, um, because I was unemployed for four months living at home. And it felt like all of my friends had gotten their dream jobs and they were living in their own apartment and, uh, you know, just all the things. And then my car breaks down and, um, it just felt empty and like I had nothing, right? Um, everything was gone. Um, and my mom was worried obviously and would like call call it out all the time you know like are you looking for jobs oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you you know just whatever to try and help yeah but at that yeah, age or just at little. any age you're like it, do- it doesn't help <laughs> at all yeah it's okay um, oh I forgot I don't have a job that's yeah. right okay yeah I'll do that yeah yeah that's a toughie and I remember we're sitting there one day and my mom is like 
Caroline, are, like, what does your prayer life look like right now? Is God present in this season? You know, you're in a really tough spot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to hear any of that because I knew that for the first time ever, it was not, um, it was not, what is the word I'm looking for? Your focus or first priority. Yeah, it was not my priority. And um, there was like a stretch of time where I wasn't going to mass. And all of these things were just crumbling, right? Like I felt like my whole life was crumbling. And my mom sat me down one day and we were just talking. um, And she said, she, she pointed out a scripture to me. And that was Psalm 37, 4, which is seek first the kingdom of God and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that one before. I know that one. And she's like, do you? And I was like, well, I thought I I thought I did. And um, she explained it to me and she said, you know, whenever I would read the scripture and I would pray this prayer, I thought I was asking for God to give me what I wanted. Right. Like I knew Mm -hmm. I had this list of things Mm -hmm. that I was waiting for to happen. And I was praying that he would give those to me if I was being, um, you know, faithful to him. Um, she said, and then one day I realized that's not the prayer I was praying. I was praying for him to align my desires with what he wanted for me. And in this, I just start weeping, <laughs> weeping because I had never thought of it that way before. And, um, I was like, oh, okay. And I realized that in this season he had stripped me of literally everything mm-hmm. like down to my car. Right. And, um, it was time for me to figure out what was next because to that point, I had always known what I was supposed to be doing next. You know, it was Mm -hmm. going to church, going to school, making good grades. Then I went to college and I was still going to church and, and doing all the things. Um, and then all of a sudden you're just thrown into, into life and you're like, what, what's supposed to come next? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I started praying that prayer for him to give me the desires of my heart. And then, you know, life happened. Um, one of my really great uh, teachers and, uh, friends really from high school, uh, got me a job in Burnett, Texas. And so I started working there, um, for a few months and then COVID happened and I was laid off and then life happened again and I'm back to square one. And then all of a sudden I got an interview, uh, with Keller Williams, Realty International, which is corporate, not like the reality side, um, and interviewed with them, got a job, signed my contract there and signed a lease at an apartment on the same day Wow! during the Arctic storm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are doing it all at the same time. Yeah. So I moved myself in the Arctic storm. She really needed to get out of Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> I really needed to get out of yeah. Burnett. And, um, like I had the essentials. My brother-in-law helped me bring the big things. He took one trip and helped me bring the big ones, and that was it. And I had my mattress on the floor, 
in an air mattress as a couch in the living room. <laughs> there was no internet at my apartment complex yet because it was a very new complex. Oh, wow. They didn't even have Wi-Fi yet. Um, and then the the power is rolling in and out. That's right. And I have no water. <gasps> and I thought I had food like to last me. Okay. I had peanut butter and bread and like noodle. I had spaghetti and I had cans of tuna. <laughs> I didn't have a can opener. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when you don't have internet, what are you going to do? Just make yeah. peanut butter sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mm-hmm. ate spaghetti for every single meal for like a week straight. <laughs> and I, my bathtub was full of water, um, from the sink and it was a time. Sounds like it. Yeah. Crazy. You yes. got a little bit of a job moment I did. going on there. Um, but it's crazy looking back, like that was still this year. Mm-hmm. That was this February that that happened. Gosh. And to think about my life over the last year is just crazy. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it, I don't think it's by accident that I, I just had nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then these moments of epiphany happened, um, you know, where I'm praying for him to really show me where I should be and how my desires could be aligned with his, um, because he wanted me to have what I wanted. Right. But I, I didn't necessarily know what those things were yet. And, um, now I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know how I got here. (laughs) Oh, you know how you got there. Mm -hmm. You walk through the eye of the needle, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say that again. So, uh, so in in scripture, we've talked about this before. So there's there's you know, this uh, this rich man, right? And and uh, he asks Jesus what he needs to do uh, to get to heaven, and Jesus basically tells him, you know, do the things that you know you're supposed to do. Follow the commandments. He says, I do the I do those things. So okay, uh, take everything you have, give it you know give it away to the poor, sell it to the poor, or mm-hmm. sell it, give the money to the poor, and. Um, this rich man goes away sad because he has many possessions, right? And and uh, the disciples are like, "Whoa, like that's tough, man! Like you were really hard on that guy." And Jesus, is like, Jesus is like, "Well, you know, it's 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 harder it's harder for one who is rich, uh, you know, to inherit the kingdom of God uh, than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, right?" And the thing is, the eye of the eye of the needle, uh, it's not a metaphor; it's a place. It's a place, and and the metaphor works too. But the but the place the, the place too is fetched. Yeah, the pla- this makes more sense. So there's a there's a gate in Jerusalem. It's actually just kind of a hole in the wall. It's about the size of a man, right? And mm-hmm. um, a man could kind of walk through it if they crouched down. Um, and the thing was, this gate was open. If you knew somebody on the other side of the gate or the, or inside the walls of Jerusalem, they could kind of get you in after the other big gates closed. Okay. Uh, the thing was. Um, you had to leave all your stuff outside. You had to leave your camel outside. You had to leave, mm-hmm. you know, your, your caravan, whatever, if you're a, you know, a wealthy person coming into town, but you want to stay in the relative safety of Jerusalem for the evening. Um, once the gates are closed, this is kind of your only option. And you've got to be willing to kind of let go of that baggage, right? And so when Jesus is talking about um, us inheriting the kingdom of God, he's not just talking about us going to heaven. That's certainly part of it. He's also talking about the kingdom in the here and now, right? In the kingdom of our hearts, talk about aligning, um, you know, our will to God's will, the desires of our heart sort of 
finding their way right in the, in these desires that God has for us. And so Jesus is really kind of saying, you got to put all that stuff away. You got to put that stuff down and make that choice to put it down. Right. God doesn't do that for you. He, he waits mm-hmm. on you to do it. Yep. Even during like yeah. the snow apocalypse, right. Yep. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here. I love you. We're going to get through this together, but mm-hmm. you have some work to do in mm-hmm. this. And, and I, I think for, for Christ, um, you know, a lot of his, um, a lot of our work in that relationship, in those, in those different times in our lives that feel so tough, a lot of times God's just calling us to, to put some stuff down and to focus on him, mm-hmm. right? To put some stuff down and to kind of let him, to let him lead us through that, that tough gate, right? That, that, that tough time. Mm-hmm. Cause when we talked about the phone thing too, for retreats, you know, like if you have the phone in your hand, you yeah. miss so much that's happening mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. Like the time I told you I bumped into that glass wall. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and I think how do you how do you receive from God with hands open if your hands are full? Mm-hmm. It's funny I'll say that too because it's the first time I'm living by myself, right? Like ever. I always had roommates. roommates. Um, and then I lived either at my parents' house or at my sister's, and she has two children. Um, and so it was loud all the time. Mm. It was, I was never in quiet. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm living by myself in an apartment in Leander and like a a family neighborhood. So it's pretty quiet other than the barking dogs. dogs. (laughs) Um, and I had so much time to just be. Hmm. How was that? It was hard at first. I don't know if I would know what to do. It was hard. Yeah. And I didn't, I was like, oh my gosh my mind is going a million miles a minute. Right. And in the craziness of moving, like you have so many things to do and you're worried about all of that and what I needed to get. And as soon as the storm was over, I needed to go get water or a can opener. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I had this huge list of things that I was supposed to be doing, um, and things I needed to get ready. You know, when I started work, um, also started work that week. Oh, yeah. Just pile it on. Yeah, it was a lot. But then, you know, work would be over. Um, and once I got through the, like actually unpacking all of my boxes and there wasn't really anything left to do, I was just sitting there. I still didn't have Wi-Fi. I was using, I was using my phone hotspot to work. (laughs) So I couldn't like stream Netflix or any of those sorts of things. And, um, yeah, it was hard. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. What do I, what do I think about? And, um, it was really awesome because I used a lot of that time to self-reflect and think about, Mm -hmm. okay, what are those desires? Hmm. What is the next season for me? Um, and I think that that was so important for me because if I hadn't had that time, I don't know that I would be number one as grateful as I am right now for, for what all has happened over the last year. Um, but to just know that he gave me that time mm-hmm. to just listen to him and like actually listen, mm-hmm. right. Not just yeah. kind of like pray at night and give him a few minutes, but to have no other choice, but to just hear him so with some mm-hmm. real intentionality. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that was just a huge part of where I am now. 
Um, and what's next? That's so good. It's, it's, it's really beautiful that you chose that, right? Because, you know, even in, even in the midst of that kind of opportunity, or you use the word season a lot, like, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the title of this podcast episode, season. Um, but even in the midst of that opportunity, you still have a choice, right? You still have a choice to say no, right? Mm-hmm. To tell God, you know, no, you know, no, thank you. And, and even like moment by moment, right? We're, we're, you know, God gives us these choices and, and our sort of our state here on earth, right? Presents us with different choices. And so it, it, there's a really, um, I don't know if you've thought about this. There's a really beautiful, I think, correlation, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier kind of in awe of your grandmother praying the rosary every day, right? That's a choice. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. And that's a choice that takes um, practice. It's a choice mm-hmm. that takes self-awareness and patience with yourself and patience with God, Dis- right? Mm-hmm. Discipline. Discipline, yeah. Um, your choices are not dissimilar in that, like, it, it, it takes self-awareness to know God is giving me this time mm-hmm. and I'm cold and I have tuna and no can opener. Um, <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, but I have, but I can be grateful for this opportunity to just be satisfied mm-hmm. with God. God's mm-hmm. here in this moment with me. I can, I can, I have this opportunity to just be satisfied with him. And how, how glorious is that? Like yeah. how, how amazing is that? I think for a lot of us that, um, you know, we talk about the struggle um, and it and it kind of gets summed up in being ten minutes late to church mm-hmm. every Sunday, or or something like that that we feel where we feel like we're inadequate, or Falling we just can't short. we just can't mm-hmm. keep it together. There's there's times in our lives, there's seasons in our lives when like everything falls apart, when everything is like, you know, everything just kind of sucks, mm-hmm. and and you know for um, that is in large part what our relationship with God is for is that that in those in those moments and in victorious moments too, big mm-hmm. moments, little moments, whatever, that he is going to carry us through those things. Um, he's going to make those things make sense, right? So why mm-hmm. am I always 10 minutes late to church? Well, God is asking you to ask yourself that question because he wants to be closer to you, yeah. right? God, um, yeah. you know, there, there are, there are literally millions of people that had that same opportunity during, you know, the snowpocalypse, right? Yeah. To, to, just sit there and think about their life Mm -hmm. maybe for the first time ever ever right now there's also a lot of people that really suffered in that time and that right and and you know we're not we're certainly not not disregarding their Mm -hmm. their experience but for the people that were just kind of sitting there in their homes like kind of like what what kind of an amazing opportunity Mm -hmm. to just be aware of your life, to just be aware of God's relationship with you, of God's love for you, of God wanting to connect with you in this, in this turmoil. Right. And then mm-hmm. can we spin that in our lives and say, okay, on my way to work, like, is God connecting? Am I allowing myself to connect mm-hmm. with God when I, when I'm brushing my teeth, when my kids are like orbiting around me and making all kinds of noise and being crazy? <laughs> like, can I connect with God it, yeah. when there's that person in the pew behind me and that little, the little kid in the pew behind me is like kicking the pew, right? Is that, is that something that is, cause it's my choice whether or not that gets me closer to God. Mm-hmm. And, and when we stop, I think to, to look at our lives, um, with that kind of purpose, right. And, and I'm, 
pre- I'm preaching to myself too. Like I really, really struggle with this. There's certain things in my life that really distract me from God or really get me, um, take my focus off of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Where are those opportunities? If we can kind of challenge our listeners, where are yeah. those opportunities in our lives for us to say, Hey, this is, this is my moment this mm-hmm. week or today to, to, to refocus on God, mm-hmm. right? This is my moment to really be in his presence and to put myself in his presence and to, to, to make that, you know, make that negative thing positive, make that positive thing glorious, right? Mm-hmm. Make that positive thing sacred. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of something. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of something that I don't know if I can find God in or if I'd be excited about. And that's when my dog jumped out the window of my car. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I don't, that like I'm thinking, what was what has been an what's been an instance of something in my life that's happened that lately that's been off, and it's that when my dog jumped out the window. What? Can I tell you why your dog was why, why your dog did that? No, don't your dog, everybody. your dog was. <laughs> you brought it up. Your dog, your dog was so was so happy to see another dog, oh. right? Was so happy to like make a friend. I'm so aggravated that you're taking her side on this. <laughs> imagine like just just imagine if imagine if we all had dog joy. Like the kind of joy that dogs experience. Right? Like I, I don't know if that was joy though. It was totally joy. I found a stick and I'm so happy about it. I saw another dog and I got so excited I jumped out the window of the car, right? Like All right. And we should tell our listeners that the She's dog, okay. the dog is great. Yep, yep. She's, She's great. Okay. Kate is is great. Kate's great. We'll show you pictures Kate, of I mean, Kate. Oh, let me make a note of that. Yeah, and Kate. pictures of Echo too. How about that? Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, send yeah, you a yeah. picture of Echo to put up there. Um, yeah, that's so fantastic. Well, I okay. So you've done all these things. You've made this an intention, and now let's segue into, like, what are you? How are you making this still a priority now? Your relationship with God. You're spending your extracurricular time yeah doing so one hard part about moving um you know other than the arctic storm to to kick it off uh was finding community Mm. here and um you know i had built this community of people in burnet uh having lived there for over a year um and you know just like the daily things that you did or people you'd go to dinner with or the people you'd spend your weekend with. And then all of a sudden I'm living in Lander and I'm like, where are my people? I guess I'm reading a book this evening (laughs) for my extracurricular activity. Um, and then all of a sudden people started pursuing me and you know, what's funny? What? Almost all of those people were from tech. Oh, and that was really special. Um, and actually one of those people is a friend I met on my very first tech when I was 16. Him and I have stayed really close friends and now he's married and has the cutest little baby. Um, and so watching him and all of his seasons, right, has been so exciting. And now like I get to go to mass with them on Sundays, um, and see their family and, and, um, that has just been really cool. Um, and to feel pursued by people who maybe see your struggles a little bit, you know, taking, taking me under their wing as we've Mm -hmm. talked about and letting me know like, Hey, 
we know this maybe was a little hard for you to do and uh, kind of pack up and change all of a sudden, um, but we're here. And um, that also happened um, through me getting on the council of tech as well, um, which really felt, again, like a full circle moment because here I was at 16, like kicking and screaming to go to this retreat, right? Right. And now here I am, um, like just yearning to be a part of that community as much as possible and to share that with other people. And um, it just, it feels so cool that like at the age of 16, I stepped into a community of people that have uh, really been there for me um, in a place that might have been a little scary and lonely. Um, And it was for a little bit, right? Like, I think, again, like God intentionally gave me that time. And then he sent me my little friends, too. (laughs) (laughs) Little people. Yeah. And um, so that has been... um, a little bit of my extracurricular. I love that. That's so awesome. I think too, like, you know, don't downplay like people pursuing you. I think you, um, radiate a light that comes from your intentionality of pursuing God. You know, like that's obvious to Thank you. people who are around you. And then you want, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not a scout or anything, but I think like, <laughs> like if you see a little flame, you want to make, you want it to get bigger and you're like fan it. Right. Do you do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> Well, thank you. You're welcome. There's also, I mean, we've, we've talked about tech, um, and, and we've talked about community. We've encouraged yeah. our listeners that are, that are maybe not, um, not tech people don't have tech near them, uh, to, to reach out, to find a community, to, to, you know, be advocates for their own community, right. To, 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 to find their people, mm-hmm. to kind of find their tribe in, in experiencing God and, and in, in this sort of ongoing quest to, to be present to him, to allow him to be present to us. Um, I think it's it's a really beautiful thing, again, to kind of consider, okay, these seasons unfold in our lives, right? These different things unfold, these different things happen, we're met with different challenges and different blessings, and, and everybody's everybody's path is a little bit different, right? But we we're we're all um we're all on a path, mm-hmm. right? And and to be able to lean on one another, uh, whether it's in a very a very intimate time, like on a tech retreat or a chirp retreat or an act retreat, something like that. Um, or even if it's just, you know, the fact that you, you know, maybe you find that what one friend in college that you know is going to be your best friend, mm-hmm. right? And you find that, that one person, uh, at your job that, that you can talk to, you find that one person in your family that, that, you know, that really gets you right. Mm-hmm. And to lean into those relationships and then to, to cultivate those relationships to, like, like you said, um, you know, your, your friend from tech that's now, you know, got a, got a, a family and a, and, a, and a baby, you know, you've, you've got to, to maintain that contact. You've got to maintain those relationships. And, and, um, that's something that I, that's something that I really struggle with, honestly. Like I, 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 I think, well, I'm home alone. I'm watching a movie, you know, I'm drinking coffee. My dog is here. Like everything, I, everything I need <laughs> in the world, yes. everything I need in the world is right there. Right. But eventually I look around and go, I, something is missing. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. it's nine times out of 10. It's, it's that feeling of, of connectedness, that feeling mm-hmm. of, of community. Um, so we have, uh, uh, we don't have much more time. Um, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I do want to give you the opportunity to, um, to talk about the tech that's coming up yeah. and, and maybe you're rolling that, um, you're smiling real big. You're really excited. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah. So tell us, yeah, tell us, tell so, us what's happening. Um, 
I was asked to to be the lay director of Tech 23. Keep in mind, my first tech was Tech 5. So that makes me feel a little bit old. Um, and when I was asked, I was a little like, are y'all, sh- are y'all sure? Me? <laughs> um, and Nikki, actually, is going to be my... Nikki me? Nikki me. Nikki you. Yes. yes is okay. going to be my assistant lay director. And James yeah. is going to be our music director. So yes, all it's people present will, will be at Tech 23. Which is really special. Um, and I I just feel uh, very humbled to get to serve in this role. Um, and, you know, we started early. Uh, typically, we have retreats in the summer. And um, we decided to hold off until January uh, to really give it our all and make sure that our next retreat is the best tech ever. Um, and so that has been really exciting to talk to all of these people that I, I haven't gotten to speak to in a while and invite them to be a part of Tech 23 as team. Um, and so now we're hoping um, to get... Some people signed up to attend yes. Tech 23. So we can put a link in our um, show notes. We, we don't have show notes. But like we on say our we do. Media. It makes us feel good. I hear the podcasters say that, but I don't have show notes. But we will get a link out there for people to sign up. So yeah. there are a few, not many requirements, but second, do we, okay, so this is my, I have the spiel from from way back when mm-hmm. so I also made tech when I was 16 mm-hmm. I'm not 16 I'm not close to 16 anymore yeah. like if if you, if my age was a piece of paper and you folded it in <laughs> half I'm like way at the bottom of that. okay anyway um I used to say second semester junior is that still what we say in high school yes the idea is tech was kind of uh started to catch right. people after you made confirmation yes um it, as a means of um keeping you engaged mm-hmm. in the church and keeping um giving pro- providing a community mm-hmm. yeah with which um to live your life so yeah. we will connect everyone with that link mm-hmm. are we going to connect people with the link i don't know we'll provide a link <laughs> <laughs> You guys, yeah. if you want a weekend of this kind of fun, I oh mean, yeah! So people can go to uh, tech dash t e c dash c t x dot org. That's Tech of Central wow. Texas t e c dash c t x dot org. Uh, the retreat is January fifteenth through seventeenth, twenty twenty two, at Eagles Wings Retreat Center. If you can't make that one, there's going to be future techs. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, we we you know, and if you're listening to this and you're like halfway across the country or something, which we hope. Uh, there's lots of you. There's there's tech. There's there are tech communities all over uh, the United States. There's tech yes. communities all over the world. And the world. There's also X communities and mm-hmm. Chirp communities. And I bet if you uh, look around online, you could find uh, just an active parish with uh, or an active church with some retreat opportunities uh, somewhere near you. Mm-hmm. And we really really encourage you to get involved in those kind of things. Give yourself the opportunity again. Uh, don't, don't necessarily be like Caroline and wait for the snow apocalypse before right. you really like, yeah. like have an effort. No, I'm just This kidding. is your sign. Um, <laughs> this is your sign yeah, right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> give yourself an opportunity to, to get away, to put your phone away, to, to, you know, to listen to, uh, you know, listen to your neighbor, how, how they encounter God mm-hmm. and, and then encounter God together. 
uh, you know, with, with some new friends. Um, retreats are really, really, really important. Jesus did it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, his disciples did it a lot. They went, you know, the Bible talks about them going away, going up the mountain, going across the sea, getting on the boat together. Those were all... Another definition of that, retreat. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. I think we owe it to ourselves at least once a year mm-hmm. to retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Recharge. Absolutely. Rejuvenate. Like you, you can't pour from an empty cup. Oh, yes. Is that something y'all say? Sure. In the mom circles, <laughs> yeah. that's a big thing. Well, yeah. you know what's funny? My mom Go has told me before, yourself. like, your your cup is a little empty right now. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. She's on it. So I'm excited. She We're about to go on. fill our cups up. It's going to be cool. fantastic. It's I'm very cool. It's exciting. That. Well, Caroline, thank you so much. We've taken so much of your time. We've been talking for like like two hours, which is <laughs> great. Um, we've taken so much of Love your time, that. and oh we want to... Uh, we want to pray for you and pray for tech. We usually end with a, a, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. Mm-hmm. And so we'll end with that. Uh, Nikki, you want to you wanna pray us out and then we'll go into yes. those prayers? Yes, I would love it if y'all joined me as okay. well. All right. Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, mm-hmm. and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you, This has been really, really fun. We appreciate it very much. And uh, we will talk at you later. Oh, good. You said <laughs> it. I said it. It's almost, it's my talk almost later. perfected Nikki impression. Talk we'll later. talk at you later. <laughs> Peace, everyone. to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by the Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.